Shalom and welcome to From Sunday to Sabbath, weekly podcast helping others discover the life that they were created to live in Jesus. I'm your host, Pastor Mike Scan, Senior Pastor of Epic Life Church in Terrell, Texas. We were once a Sunday church, but now we gather on the Shabbat, the Sabbath. Join us in this journey and discover the truth of God's Word for living today. Today we're going to be taking a look at how normal Sunday church people made the switch to Sabbath and how might this apply to everyday Christian today. Good morning or afternoon, wherever you're at today. Uh, my name is Mike Scan. I'm the senior pastor here, and this is our, um, I don't know, fifth episode, I think, of Sunday to Sabbath. I um, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Do us a favor, man. Please like, share um, on this if you're catching us in the video or on the audio. Uh, we have people that we're beginning to reach from all over the place. And uh, we're extremely um, blessed to be a part of that. Um, go ahead and like it, share it. You can contact us in different ways. If you have a question or a topic that you'd like to talk about uh, on the show, then simply send me an email to pastormike at epiclifetarot.com. Now, today's topic is an interesting one because literally, man, what we're going to do, uh, begin to do today, I don't think we'll finish it in this podcast. This will definitely be broken up into several different podcasts. Um, but I want to begin to tell you the journey of how we became a church that used to meet on Sunday to Sabbath. Um, this goes back a long ways. Um, this didn't just happen. It wasn't just something that we decided, you know what, this may be a good idea. Um but it was something that was done um, in the middle of a lot of crazy stuff. Um, and so I want to take you back really to 2018, because that's really where this journey took us. This literally took us probably, man, uh, four or five years. And, and you'll see this throughout how this happened. Um, and I think there's a lot of um, things that can help the listeners, the viewers, if you're on YouTube, on our Epic Life Tarot page on YouTube, uh, you may be catching this uh, on our Sunday to Sabbath podcast. But I want you to listen really closely because there are things that I experienced or things that we went through as a church that I truly believe will minister to you and help you along the journey that you may be on. So there are usually about three people that are listening to this or watching this. Number one, you are a follower of Jesus. You're a Christian. Maybe you stumbled upon this podcast by accident, maybe on YouTube. Um, uh, maybe you just are curious about the story. You are, uh, you're a messianic believer. You're already following uh, this, and, and you're just curious about our story, how we did this. And number three, you're a seeker. You're someone who does not have a relationship with Jesus, um, and maybe you are coming out of a different religion. Maybe you're coming out of a different, um, you know, belief system. And I want to tell you that every one of us that are listening to this, you, all of us are on some sort of a journey. Um, even if you don't think you are, you are. And I believe our story is very unique, and I say that from the perspective of being a senior pastor and a church that met on Sundays. That's why I think we're a little bit different. Um, I have yet to find but just a very few people that made this transition and are, uh, in my opinion, that we're thriving, and we are thriving in our community here in Terrell, Texas. 
Um, and it's a scary journey because for some of you that are watching this online or you're listening to it, you're beginning to um, see things within scripture that are not typically taught in a Sunday gathering church. Uh, maybe you're of the mainstream Christianity where you go to maybe a mega church or maybe you're even in a smaller church or whatever. It doesn't matter. You're going to church on Sundays, but you're looking at scripture and there are things in there that you're going, wait a minute, what I'm hearing from the pulpit or what I'm hearing is not matching what I read about in this thing right here in the Bible. And you're beginning to ask the tough questions. Well, that's basically where I was. In 2018, through uh, prayer and fasting, um, and typically just really reading Scripture, I came across a passage of Scripture that I want to uh, read to you um, today. And it's going to be what's going to kick us off in this message um, and over the next several weeks as we talk about this, um, this series. Um, and so, uh, man, just hang on to your hats because you're going to see some really cool things in what God has done. Now, in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 11, this was the passage that set me on the course into discovering what I call the life that you were created to live, this really biblical life that few followers of Christ actually find. And for those who do find it, it is absolutely extraordinary. It is eye-opening. Um, it actually will send you into the life, what, what real Christianity should look like. And, and really that's where we're going to, we're going to hang out. So I want to take you to Ephesians, uh, again, the second chapter beginning in verse 11, let's read this. If you have your Bibles, read it. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, I'm reading out of the TLV. That is the tree of life version. Um, it's a great version. I encourage you, if you uh, are really wanting to get something a little bit more uh, closer to the original name than the order of the Bible, TLV is a great version, and it's easier to read. This was done by, um, you can do your own research, but this was literally done by uh, a group of, of scholars, uh, Hebrew and language li li linguistics, um, and I mean, it was Messi it, this was a Bible created for the messianic believer. It's one of the reasons I really like it, and it really answers some of the questions and, and brings back some original terminology. So beginning in verse 11, let's read it. It says, therefore, keep in mind that once you Gentiles in the flesh. That is a huge pause moment right there. Look at what the text is saying. Gentiles in the flesh. Now, we have to ask a very important question. It's what I had to ask as I began this journey. Who is Paul speaking to? So when you read the Bible, you have to look at context. Context is king. I want to say that again. Context is king. So you have to ask this important question. In the book of Ephesians, who is speaking and who is being spoken to. So we know in the book of Ephesians that this is Paul, Shaul, um, who was once Saul, who had this encounter with Messiah. He had this encounter with Jesus on his way to persecute 
known followers of Mashiach or no known followers of Messiah. And in this encounter, his life is drastically changed and his name changes from Saul to Paul. And that's in the English version of it. Now, he becomes one of the greatest apostles of the area and of the time as he goes out and gets commissioned to go and preach the gospel. Here we go to the Gentiles. So the book of Ephesians is a letter written to Gentile believers in Ephesus, which is modern day Turkey. It's very important that you understand that. Now, look at how he introduces the letter. Look at what he says. Keep in mind that you once were Gentiles in the flesh. What is this saying to us? What does it say? It says everything. It says that they were once Gentiles in the flesh, that they're no longer Gentiles in the flesh. Now, this goes on, and you're going to see why this grabbed me in 2018. We are called, we're called, called as past tense, uncircumcision by those called circumcision in other words which is performed on flesh by hand so chap verse 11 right away jumps out at us and says a lot of things what does it say number one he's speaking to people who were once gentiles in the flesh well what does that mean i'll explain it here in a minute then he says something else that is categorically a most probably one of the most powerful statements that a person can grab a hold of in this text. And that is, you were once called uncircumcised by the circumcised. So we have to understand what this means. We have to unpack this. What does this mean? When you see the word circumcised or uncircumcised, it's not just about something done to the flesh or in our case done to the heart. It is something that's referencing something, an event that has happened. When Abraham became and got in covenant, became in covenant with God, God commanded Abraham to be circumcised, but not just him, but everyone else in the in his household. Why is this important? God was making a statement. He was saying that everyone that looks upon Abraham will know that they have a covenant with God because of this circumcision. That makes sense. So the circumcision in the flesh was a sign of covenant. This is what Paul is referencing to in Ephesians 2.11. He says, you were called uncircumcised. You were called, you did not have a covenant with God by those who had circumcised or who were in covenant with God. This is absolutely paramount to our faith. In other words, there, there, there were a group of people, the Jewish people, the Hebrews, who had covenant with God based upon that circumcision. Now, we're going to go into great detail, pardon me, of this later on. But it's, it's so important that we understand that we were once a people who did not have a covenant, but now we're in covenant with God. Now, no, our, we didn't have a physical circumcision. There is no more physical circumcision, okay? If you want to know more about that, I want to challenge you. Go to our YouTube page. I'll link it here in, in, the, in the description or in the comments. 
Go to our YouTube page, Epic Life Tarot on YouTube, and look and watch the Galatians series that that uh, was shared with me that I was able to share with our community. And it's going to deal with this very matter because the book of Galatians is not about doing away with the law as much as it is uh, dealing with the physical circumcision of the believers. And the, the first three weeks of that, that series is absolutely paramount. I want you to go back and watch that. I'll link it. I'll put the link in the description of today's uh, message or today's podcast. All right, so going on, we've got that answer. Let's look at verse 12. Verse 12 goes on. It says, at that time, you were, here we go, you were separate from Messiah. In other words, you didn't have a relationship with him. You were excluded, watch, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel. In other words, you were not a part of the nation of Israel. This is this is so important. Christians miss this every day. I missed it for 20-something years, 30-something years of my life. I missed this. And I've read this a thousand times, but this one particular day in March of 2018, my eyes came open. And this is what began the journey for us transitioning from a Sunday gathered church to a church that meets now on Shabbat. We are not, by the way, just to make mention, if you're watching this, we are not Seventh-day Adventist. It's not who we are. Okay. And I'll and I'll explain that more as we go on in our in our in our discussion. Looking again at verse 12, continuing on with verse 12. We were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants. Notice it's plural. It's not singular uh, covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Verse 13. But now watch, but now in Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ, Jesus, the Messiah, you who were once far off, he's talking about Gentiles who were far off made the, uh, from, but now in Messiah Yeshua, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of the Messiah. Verse 14. For he is our peace, the one who made the two, Jew and Gentile, into one and broke down. This is it, guys. Watch it. Watch this. And broke down the middle wall of separation. Within his flesh, he made powerless the hostility, the law code of mitzvot or the law code of commandments contained in regulation he did this watch in order to create within himself one new man from the two groups making peace and to reconcile both to god in one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death now there is so much here that we could probably take this entire podcast and just talk about this for a moment right so I want you to notice something that he says. He says in verse, I want to go back and say it, that he says in verse 14, for he is our peace, the one who made the two into one, and watch, broke down the middle wall of separation. Now, this was the word, this was what got my attention, because I've read this over the years in ministry and as a Christian, I've read this so many times, the wall of hostility. I've had so many people ask us, what was it that caused you to begin to search out and begin to learn um, kind of differently what we've learned our whole life as Christians? What was it that, that was the game changer, this passage right here? 
particularly the phrase broke down the wall of hostility. So I begin to research this wall of hostility. And you'd be surprised at what it means. The wall of hostility isn't a not it's not just a um a, a spiritual wall. It's a literal physical wall. So let me take you over to the temple and how the temple was constructed, basically how it was separated. In the temple, there are three main areas. The first area is considered the Holy of Holies. That is where the Levitical priests and the Arianic priesthood would go in and serve the Lord, serve Adonai. That's where they made all of the sacrifices. That's where they, they did all of the work. It was in the Holy of Holies. But see, in the Holy of Holies, physical, the temple, so you had the temple, the temple mount, then you had the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies really was the only place that the great high priest could go into. So if you were anybody than the high priest and you went into the Holy of Holies, that's where the atonement's made. That's where the um, the sacrificial table is. The um, That's where all of that was done. The, the altar was in there. That's where all of the stuff happened. The great high priest would go into this and he would make, and he would do it only once a year, make the ultimate sacrifice by sacrificing the, the unblemished lamb on the altar. Actually, he would do it twice a year. This is the Holy of Holy. Now, outside of the Holy of Holy, you have the next area, which is the inner court. The inner court. Now, the inner court was the place that only the Jewish People that had a covenant with God were allowed to go into the inner court. It is where they would go in to pray. It is where they would go in to do the service. You had to be Hebrew. You had to have this circumcision in order to come into this. You had to have covenant with the living God. You, you understand? Then you had the third section, which was the outer court. It was separated from the inner court and the outer court was separated by a wall. And in the inner court is where the females and non-Jewish people, the Gentiles, the, the goim, uh, who had no covenant with God, but yet maybe they were foreigners or maybe they connected themselves somehow to the Jewish people. That's where they would go to worship in the inner court or the outer court. I'm sorry. So you have these three sections. You have the temple, really four. You have the temple, the inner court. I'm sorry, you had the Holy of Holies, the temple, then you had the inner court and the outer court. The wall of hostility is that wall that was around the, basically around the, 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 the inner court. It separated the inner court from the outer court. Literally, during archaeological studies, they found, matter of fact, let me look it up here on the computer, and I want to I mention this is super, super cool is if you did a Google search of, of the um, we'll say the wall of hostility, as soon as you lift it up, you're going to see a, you'll see Ephesians 2.14 come in. And if you look, click on images, what you'll see is literally about, if you go down, matter of fact, there's a temple picture. Let's see if I can pull this up for you. And let me see if I can share. 
Matter of fact, I'm just going to share what I'm going to do. I think what would be better is I'm just going to share my search with you, right? Watch this. I want to show you this. It's so powerful. Watch this. You ready? I'm going to share my, 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 this is what I did. I, all I did was Google, Google the wall of hostility. And this is what came up. I'm going to try to share this with you so you can see it um, right here. Now, take a look at that. Isn't that phenomenal? Isn't that phenomenal? So you see going across the board, right? You see all of these things. But here's the one I want you. I don't know if you can see my arrow, but I want you to see right here this one that I just pulled up. This is called the dividing wall. That literally, if you click on this, this was discovered in an archaeological dig. This is what got my attention, right? This is what uh, happened. So in 19 BC, when Herod the Great began his most ambiguous building project to rebuild the temple to Yahovah, he wanted everything done on a great scale. The temple enclosure that he built was the largest religious structure in the world. This is the, new, the temple, Herod's temple that he built. And on the outside, you'll see this picture that was found. A low wall separated the Gentile court from the temple enclosure itself. All right. It's what they called the Gentile enclosure. This was called the Thoric in Hebrew and had 13 openings in it, allowing Jews only to enter from the Gentile court into the four other courts. No Gentile was permitted past this dividing wall. No entry, uh, no, uh, quote unquote, no entry signs were posted on the wall in three different languages. In fact, one of these signs in stone, watch, has been found and is in the museum in Istanbul, Turkey. And it reads, no foreigner is allowed past this point on penalty of death. This fits. I mean, this is so amazing. This picture, I have it showed up right now on our screen. This is that. So when I came across this picture in, um, when I came across this picture in my Google search to find out what the real wall of hostility is, that's what came up. And that is what began the journey of understanding what some term as the one new man, understanding that we've kind of been duped. We have been given information that has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. And unfortunately, we've been duped because we have been told literally that there are like two stories right and i know it's not in that terminology it might be uh, said in a different way there are the, there's the jewish story and then there's the gentile story but what i want us to understand here what i want us to see according to ephesians is that that two story has been broken down why well what if you look again in ephesians in verse 15, it says that the law of commandments contained in regulations. He did this in order to create within himself one new man from the two groups. And so we have been duped. We have been believed that there is a Christian faith and then there is a Judaism faith. The problem with that is it doesn't align to scripture and no one, nobody is, and I don't want to say anybody because obviously there are people because obviously I'm sitting here today telling you my telling you our story. And that story is that we've been duped and that the true scriptures, the understanding of scripture paints a different picture. And that's what I want to talk about over the never, next several weeks as I show you how the Lord began to do this. So the one thing that I did is I went back to our our at the time our leadership team um 
and I showed them this passage and I and I and I talked to them about it. What's interesting is God was doing something very, very unique because all of us began to pray about like, is this the direction that we're supposed to be going in? This is in March 2018. And so we after prayer, we felt like, okay, this is this is definitely the Lord is, is showing us something. And so we begin to uh, make a move. And I, and matter of fact, you can find it if you go online uh, again to our YouTube channel. I'm not like necessarily just trying to promote our YouTube channel, but I want you to kind of uh, get all of the information. Uh, you can go back to March 2018, and there are two messages. Uh, uh, and I think I titled them Restoring or Reclaiming Our Lost Inheritance. And you can find it on our YouTube channel. Now, I preach two messages because God began to reveal something to us. And that's where I want to talk about today. How did we get to this place where there is this division between Jew and Gentile? And how did we get to a place where the body of Christ has almost not? Now, I know we, we have people that say, well, I support the Jewish people. I get that. But somewhere along the line, we have lost our the roots of our faith. And that's really what this is about, is discovering the roots of our faith. Now, I want to make something super clear if you've made it this far in the podcast. We are not a couple of things. I already said one that we are not Seventh Day Adventist. We're not that. We are not Hebrewic roots people. We are not that. There are a lot of false teachings and a lot of misunderstandings, even in the Hebrew roots. So you may say, well, then what are you? Based on what we're learning and what we've learned and what we're going to share over the next several weeks of our, the, the, the faith is this, is that we are, we are followers of Jesus. We are followers of Messiah. We are first century Judean Christians. In other words, if you really want to, you know, get down to brass tacks and go, okay, you know, who are we? What are we? What is it? How does this all align to today? Well, we went back to the first century church and we looked at that church and said, you know, this is how we're supposed to be living. The question that came up is, is this, is, is, did Jesus Christ die on the cross for 5,500 different Christian denominations. Is that why he died on the cross? Well, if you read this Ephesians, there's no way. We know that there is one church, one, not two, not three, certainly not 5,500. So then you got to ask a question, how in the world did we get to a place where there are 5,500 different Christian denominations. How in the world do we get this? I mean, in Catholicism alone, there's four or five. Then you've got the Protestant movement, which there are thousands of Protestants. Then you've got the Baptists and the Pentecostals, which all are a part of Protestantism. And you have all of these different, um, different belief systems within Christianity. What happened? How did we get to this place? Well, we have to, who comes to divide? Obviously it's Satan. But how do we get back now to a place, right, that is honoring Scripture and honoring truth? Now, I want to say this. Does that mean that all of these religions are completely wrong? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. The Protestants have truth. 
Pentecostals have some truth. Baptists have some truth. All of them started out with some, some, some symbolisms of truth. But we lost our way somewhere. And we became so divided. And so it caused us to go, hey, let's go back to the first century and look at what the first century church was like. And believe it or not, I'm gonna, I will show you in times to come that number one, Jew and Gentile worship together. Now, I know that probably hurt some of you. The Jew and the Gentile worship together. They weren't separate. And what has happened because now Christians today have to have to have to cherry pick scripture to facilitate their belief system. They have to cut scripture out. They have to preach half truths. But how did we get to this place where in the first century, Jew and Gentile worshiped together? We're looking at Ephesians where it says that God, that Jesus came and broke down this wall, taking the Jew and the Gentile and making them one. How did we get to this place? That's the question that we begin to search out. That's the question that I begin to search out. How in the world did we get to this place? That passage of scripture in the book of Ephesians was the key passage. It was the one passage that just, man, it catapulted me into beginning to ask questions. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to begin to look at and ask questions. For instance, let me just kind of give you some, um, some thoughts, okay? Number one, the Bible as we know it today, as we know it today from Genesis to Revelations, did not even exist, all of it until man the second century the end of second century so we have a whole century and a half of what did they follow what did they read what did they study paul in the book of timothy you guys know this right and if you're not go study it paul tells timothy to study to show himself approved a workman who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Question, what is Paul telling Timothy to study? This is the first century. There is no King James Bible. There is no ESV Bible. There is no, there is only the Tanakh. The writing, the, the, the Torah the writings of our the early uh, early church fathers, the uh, uh, the prophets, major minors, and then the writings, which are like the Song of Solomon and Psalms and Proverbs, all of these writings, right? So, what was Paul telling Timothy to study? It wasn't study First Corinthians. It wasn't study, hey, these other books. Now we use that in context. We say, you know, hey, hey, you know, as pastors, we tell we tell our congregation, you know, hey, study to show yourself approved, right? We tell our people that. But what did Paul, what was Paul telling Timothy to study? The Tanakh, the Torah. That's what he was supposed to study. But what we've been taught as Christians growing up, I, I mean, we referenced the, the Tanakh, we referenced the Old Testament, but we never really got down to brass tacks and studied it as the main text. So this, we have to understand, was written 
to Jewish people, to the Hebrews. The second thing is, is that Jesus is Jewish. Even in many of his parables and writings of the New Testament, we'll, we'll show these out later, were written in a context that Hebrews and the Jewish people would understand. This is another fallacy that's been created. It was things like this that I went, wait a minute, how did we get to this place? You got to ask that question. Because stuff has been passed down for hundreds of years by men and women sometimes of uh, anti-Semitism. Uh, men and women that, men, especially teachers who were anti-Semitic, who wanted to break away from the Jewish people. Next week, we're really going to go into that deeper, but today I just want to kind of wet your tongue just a little bit, wet your beak a little bit, and get you to be, just begin to think for yourself that the scriptures that we have and what we think is what it came from, passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation. And somebody said, well, you know, I've never heard this before. Well, my granddaddy is a pastor and he never taught any of this. No, he wouldn't have because it was taught down to him and then from his great father or from whatever church he came to or whatever seminary that they went to. Now, this isn't a, a dig on, on going to seminary or being a pastor or, or, or even being Baptist or, or Pentecost. It's none of that because you can still be all of that, but you have to understand the truth. And you got to be able to speak to your people what the truth is. And answer the tough question, because you you are going to have, if you're a follower of Jesus and you've made it through this podcast, let me tell you something, you are going to have questions like, wait a minute, because all I'm going to do is present to you what happened to us and the questions that came to us, and we had to make a decision to say, hey, what are we going to believe? Are we going to believe tradition that was passed down, or are we going to believe biblical context and what the Bible says, and not cherry-pick scriptures? That's the key. Get away from the cherry pickers. If you have a pastor that is a cherry picker, okay, I, I want to encourage you, man, you need to find a pastor or a teacher that is teaching the whole word of God, not just part of it, all of it. All right. So we get this, uh, this understanding and we see that the, the wall of hostility has been broken down. And now we begin to investigate like how we, how we, um, how did we get to this place? Well, now I start doing my own research. And I, I find I, I ask questions. I, I'm that guy that asked the question, how did we get separated from the Jewish people? So I want to take one side from it for a minute because I want to show you something and I'll probably reference this back again. I want us to take a look at let's just go to the Ten Commandments for a moment. Okay, if you don't mind. So let's go to the book of Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Um, actually, let's go to. Actually, let's go to Deuteronomy. No, Exodus 20 works because it will do it. So I've got to I've got to point out some things that are super. How did we separate? That's kind of the question I'm trying to ask answer you. And, and I want to show you some things. Number one is. Who who was this stuff given to, right? So we we say things like, like, oh, that's for the Jewish people. That's for the Jews. And even Jewish people will say the Gentiles have no business here. 
right? That, that, that's that's for the Jewish people, not for the Gentiles. And that's a problem because that doesn't even match their own Torah. That doesn't match the Torah. Because even if you look in the book of Deuteronomy, which is really, or I, I want to go to Levo, uh, Deuteronomy and then Leviticus, but let's look at Deuteronomy um, chapter six, I believe. Oh, I'm wrong place here. Now look, notice what it says. Moses called to all of Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the ordinances that I'm speaking to you and to your hearing today. Learn them and make sure to do them. Adonai, or Yahweh our God, cut a covenant with us in Horeb. Now with our fathers, as Yahweh cut this covenant, but with us, all of us alive here today. Now I want you to notice something. Notice the word Jew or the Jewish people are not mentioned in that text. As a matter of fact, now this is not against the Jewish people. Let me explain. The Jewish people, which are amazing, have the promises of God if they'll walk in obedience to him. Why? Because they're of the nation of Israel and because Messiah came out of them. They are God's chosen people, the Jewish people. But let me make something clear. Jesus himself said, do not think that I came from for anyone but the lost sheep of Israel. Very important. Why? Now, Peter later on is going to come and bring the gospel to the Jewish people. And Paul, who is a Jew, is going to take the gospel to the Gentiles. But what does that mean? It means that it's all for all of us. Nowhere in Scripture are you going to find where it's just for the Jewish people. Matter of fact, when you look at the feast days that we are all commanded to live if we're following Jesus— is found in uh, Leviticus 23, and what you're going to see are these words. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, say unto the nation of Israel, ben Israel, the sons of Israel. This is powerful, because it's not just for the Jewish people. It's for all of those who are of Israel. Now, next week, I'll talk about that. Next week, I'm going to talk about who is of Israel. How do we become part of Israel? I'm going to show you what not only Paul says, but what the scriptures teach. And so we separated the Jew and Gentile, thinking we're doing something good, that Jesus was for the Gentile, Moses is for the Jewish people, and there are two separate religions. The problem with this is that doesn't match to scripture. It doesn't match. Is there a Jewish religion? Yes, there is. Judaism. And they're waiting on the Messiah. Christianity, we believe in the Messiah. We believe the Messiah has come. So now we have this, what's the truth? And so for generations and thousands and thousands of years, there's been a breaking away of this. And so how did that happen? How did the Jewish people and Christians become two separate things? That's, what, that's the question that we need to ask. That's the question that you should be asking. Why do we have an Old Testament text in our Bibles and a New Testament text, yet pastors today are telling believers that they don't have to follow the Old Testament? Then why is it in your Bible? Why is it considered holy canon? 
Why is that in the New Testament, we believe in the Ten Commandments, but we don't obey the rest of the commandments? You see, we have to stop checking in our brain at the door, and we've got to come full circle and say, hey, wait a minute, something's not right. Because in Ephesians, it says something completely different. Amen? It says something completely different. And so what is the question that you should be asking? How did we get separated from the roots of our faith? That's what we're going to be talking about and how I hope to show you over the next several weeks how we we transition from Sunday to Sabbath. But it all started with this book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. I'm sorry, 15. And I want here, here's what I'd like you to do. Take that time today and study that. Because that is an eye-opener for all of us, for all of us, man. It's absolutely amazing. All right, I'm going to stop there for today, and then next week we're going to look at how we got into this mess. And we're going to unpack some history of the Jewish church or the, the church of uh, in, and go all the way back to a council called the Council of Nicene. And we're going to look at that and see how that one council affected the future of Christianity and the future of you and me as followers of Mashiach. I hope you'll join us. Hey, if you want other ways that you can follow us, you can contact us on uh, at Pastor Mike at EpicLifeTarot.com if you have any questions or comments about today's podcast. If you also want to see more content, you can catch us on Spotify. You can catch us on on um, iHeartRadio, um, on our this podcast here. If you want to watch live, see this live and see what my ugly mug looks like, you can go to YouTube at Epic Life Terrell YouTube. You can join us at Epic Life Terrell on our Facebook page and follow us on all of the social media platforms. All right. My name is Mike Scan, and you have joined us for Sunday to Sabbath. And I hope you've enjoyed it, man. Don't forget to like this. Don't forget to share it. Tell your friends all about it. And uh, let's grow in the faith. Let's live the life that we were created to live, that epic life. We'll see you again soon.